At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Long count. Gets the snap. He's back. Fires for the end zone. Touchdown! Claypool! Wow! Of course, that was Chase Claypool catching a touchdown pass, which... You know, nobody says it like Billy. You know, when Billy when Billy makes the call, it is just so cool. I love listening to the dude. It's a great pleasure to work with him. But anyhow, Max, got to tell you, Chase Claypool, you brought up an interesting proposition. His name has been kind of associated with maybe some player movement, maybe a possible trade. You know, uh, some people talking about um, – I liked what you were, where you were going with the fact when you got a young guy, do you really want to – kind of uh, get rid of some of the weapons that you have circling around him because to me seeing what chase did last week which is what you and i we've talked about ad nauseum this is what he's capable of doing each and every week or thereabouts you know what i'm talking about um as long as he doesn't have those big disappearing spells uh but you got to get the ball to him and he's got to make the play for you it's a copacetic two-way go and he's one of the guys i think could be critical to a young guy like Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, especially when you're talking about <clears throat> building out your team for the future, you look at, well, what what does what? Does, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> what does a the rest of my division have, and then b what does the rest of the conference have? Right, because those are the two layers you have to go through. Mm-hmm. To become a contender, um, you have to think in your immediate ecosphere, which is Baltimore, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. What do they possess weapon-wise, and how do we mirror, mimic, duplicate, replicate, whatever you want to say, those to make sure that you're on par with 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 the rest of your division? Because 
as T- Coach Tomlin always said, and it's an axiom in football, division dominance precedes anything else. Yes. If you want to win, if you want to guarantee yourself a spot in the playoffs, you got to dominate your division. So you look at building your team out first within the division. Then once you've answered that question, how do I stack up against the rest of the AFC? Take Buffalo, for instance, right? Buffalo had to build a squad that could win the AFC East and a squad that could go up against Miami, New York, and New England, right. primarily New England for the last couple of years. Now that they've had that, and right, you've gotten into the playoffs, you lose to Kansas City. What is Kansas City? Kansas City is your gold standard, right, for the AFC Conference. They are the, they are the dubbed one. They are the one that gets the most attention, and rightfully so. So now, what did Buffalo do in this offseason? They went and they crafted a team that could go and beat Kansas City specifically. And what do they have? What do they have under their belt now, Wolf? With doing that, what do they have under their belt? For doing a that. victory against Kansas City last well, week. Well, thank you, boy. <laughs> you, you set them up so well, and I just swing bad by swing and miss. <laughs> I, I, I mean, and, and it's like, and I, and I put it on the t- on the on the little t ball thing too. You Max, know? can I, I just, tell I you, I'm one of the <laughs> I'm one of the few people that has actually struck out in t ball. <laughs> That's bad. I am That's so <laughs> mad that you shared that. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so bad. It was a it was a humiliating moment in my career. Let me tell you, yeah. as I, I was what seven or eight or something like that, and it was a little bit. Yeah, th- yeah it was it was bad. It was totally bad. Yeah, no, it, it's all good. It's all, and that's why I'm here. Yes, I'm here to make sure I'm your safety net. Yeah, I make sure the ball doesn't fall <laughs> off the tee ball thing. You know, I'm I'm the coach behind the plate. Like, hey, come on, come on, little Craigie, come on, Craigers, you can do it. You can do it, bud. <laughs> Just look at the ball. Look at the ball. Don't look at the dirt. Look at the ball. Look at the ball. I see you looking off. You know, but but uh, but that but that's that that's how right. it's supposed to be built. And that's why Buffalo is in the position where they're at today, right? They right. thought small division, and then now look big, and you've seen them answer that throughout the years. They're taking the steps necessary, and that's kind of the same thing the Steelers have to do. Is let me look around to see what the rest of my divisions got, right? Okay. They got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Okay, we're building something with Najee, and now, you know, Jalen Warren's starting to come into picture. Still a little fuzzy, but, uh, you know, he's coming into picture. So, boom, we got two running backs. Okay, let's see how that goes now. That's the first step is we've put the pieces in place, see how they perform together in tandem. Right. Next step, looking at receivers, right? Well, boom, Cincinnati has two skyscrapers out there at receiver, Jamar Chase and uh, and Higgins, T. Higgins. Um I'd like to say that, okay, boom, we we had Chase Claypool. Now we went and got a George Pickens. All right, check. Okay, now the next thing is, okay, where are we at with quarterback? Okay, we had we, we drafted one in the first round in Kenny Pickett. Now he's starting a lot sooner than we probably anticipated, but the kid looks like he's he's got something special about him. Okay, check. Now i got to compete against Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow. So you start looking at it from that perspective, right? And I'm just and I just focused on the offense because it was just right there, but that's what you're all building towards, you know. And even we could go defensively, right? Elite pass rusher, okay. Well, you've got a Miles Garrett over there. You've got the Trey Hendrickson over in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. um, and then well, Baltimore. Literally, all of them are on IR. I feel like uh, <laughs> Tyus <laughs> Bowser and company, you know. But they have those pieces. So you start. That's how you play the game. You play the game to figure out how am I going to compete within this division. Then once you do that, now you can start looking more outwardly and getting more nuanced. But the biggest thing is 
where do I stack up in my division with these? We still got a lot of questions, but that's what this process is. When you lose, you know, players of the caliber that we've lost over the last couple of years, it takes time to replace those because those guys had what? Experience on their side. They had time on their side, and they kind of just inserted and developed naturally. Um, when you're thinking of Ben Roethlisberger, right, Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, um, and some of the other numerous guys, right, when you, you let Bud Dupree go. I mean, there's so many different pieces. Stephon Tuitt retires. Like, these are things that, you know, you kind of speed up a little bit because when you get retirement announcements, there's not necessarily a succession plan in place for a lot of positions. But I think with the Steelers, you start, you're finding guys that are becoming bright spots and kind of, you know, maturing and seasoning a little bit sooner than anticipated. And so you want to build off of that. And I think that's what the Steelers have done. And that's what I, that's what I'm appreciative of. So that's why I think of when I think of Chase Claypool, like he could be an integral piece, you know, if performances like last week become the norm and not the outlier, right. You're building something good, having three excellent options. And we still haven't even seen Calvin Austin, the third yet. Exactly. who could be a tremendous slot piece for us, right? You know, I, I think that's the other thing. Now, DeMarvin Leal was a guy that was working in that direction and, of course, you know, had an injury, so he's uh, he's on the short-term IR. But he wasn't like going to be any kind of good slot receiver, though. <laughs> no, he was not. Absolutely. Probably one of the worst slot receivers. Great blocking tight end, possibly. Possibly, yes. But, possibly a great blocking tight end. But – you know, you, you can't throw passes to him. I feel like he has stone hands. As, um, as a slot receiver, as a <laughs> slot receiver, and a fine future as a defensive end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He he's a slot receiver that plays like a defensive end. Yeah, that's there amazing, you go. Right. Talk about position flexibility. Um, but I think that's what you, you hope to hit on your top three round picks. Yes. And to make sure that they're being utilized within this offense, and then anything after that is a bonus. Like I think about my year, two thousand and four. You know, we had Ben, we had Ricardo Coakley, myself, top three picks. We didn't even have a fourth rounder that year. And all of us played multiple years, you know. So, and then, of course, you come back in 05, right? Mm-hmm. And you go get Heath, uh, Heath Miller in the first round. Right. And right. Trey was a third rounder. I cannot remember the second rounder, but. Doesn't nope, matter. Nope, can't remember, can't remember the second rounder. Anyways, but you hope to hit on all of those. I think that's probably, oh, Fred, was it Fred Gibson? I think it was Fred Gibson. Uh, My receiver from Georgia, I think, was a second rounder. Well, I can't remember. Ah, Doesn't ah, matter. Once again, put it on Wes's plate. Wes, find out the second rounder of 2005 <laughs> draft, okay? Along with what, if this is a contract year for Chase. We're still waiting on that, by the way, junior cub receiver, or <laughs> reporter. I said receiver, geez. Yeah, junior cub all, reporter. You're getting yeah, discombobulated here, my friend. I know. I'm getting a little bit too worked up, a little frothy at the mouth. I need to, I need to slow down. But, ask, uh, but I think that that's key. What what, I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Well, let me ask you. Right. Well, the, here's the thing about it. All right, when you got a guy that has rare attributes like Chase does, you know, he's six four, he's two forty. My gosh, that's a that's a tight end in my day. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's a guy. He's physical. We have seen him play with a physicality. It's it's. I don't know what causes these. You know, when you kind of drift in and out of the game plan, it seems like, or out of targets from a quarterback. But certainly, all the physical attributes are there for stardom. I really thought after his rookie year, by the we get by the time we get to this year, his his fourth year, um, 
we were going to look at it, be seeing a superstar. I thought he was going to be one of the next great Steeler wide receivers, and he still could be. There's no doubt in my mind that he's capable, that it's there. We see it. The problem is it's it's kind of like that, uh, what is it, the, the rare white tiger. You only see them every now and yeah. then they, when they come out. I, I forgot who talked about that. But, you know, we, we need to see more, as you put it. It can't be the outlier. It's got to be more the norm, you know, and, and so I hope that this is – kind of a launching pad for him to start to feel some of the success stacking up and we start to see more and more of these plays that he's so capable of making he made sure that he got passed on a third and 15 he's 17 yards deep I love it you know he went to uh did the uh, Mitch went to to chase a couple of times on those critical third downs when when Mitch was five of seven uh in the uh, last quarter and a half there of play I mean and he goes to Chase, and Chase delivers. And hopefully that becomes more the norm because I think Chase is capable of delivering top-flight performances week in and week out. Now, if, if Calvin Austin starts to cut into some other targets there for other guys, oh, well. I mean, there's right now there's a wealth of talent amongst the four right there. And we're not even talking about, uh-oh, I think we've got another another update. Hold on. This is SNR senior reporter Wes Euler. Junior reporter Wes Euler is off for the rest of the day. Second round draft pick in 2005, Bryant McFadden out of Florida State. Obviously the superior university down there in the Sunshine State, as we all know. And Chase Claypool still with one more year left on his contract. After this, he is tied to the black and gold two through 2023. All right. Thank you. Well, they- good Thank you, Viper. Yes, for the sake of journalistic integrity, we don't want to be misplacing his one year, right? Because this is this yeah. is a guy that can get the job done in a big way. And if you can have four wide receivers that are productive, oh, great googly moogly. That is just – it's too enticing. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing, right? You have one more year, which is good, right? I'm glad we got that verified. One more year under the rookie deal for them to build together. Um, which is key and vital, and I have to take that to fall on the sword here. I apologize, B Mac. That, that, that's my that's my dog too. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, should, I know, we should I know. get I, him on the show so he can reprimand you. I know, I know. So, so you think about <laughs> so look at that. Successive years, top three round picks have all contributed heavily. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about building the Steeler teams that we know, I mean, oh four, oh five. And I'm not even going to go any further in trying to name names. But I just remember there was a time where even for for our, us as an offensive line, every single year we, we added depth to that squad and guys who contributed. Because you think of my year um, being added. The year before me was what? Kendall Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that came Trey Essex, Chris Kimiyatu in the 05 draft. Then you had Willie Colon. Then you had Darnell Stapleton. That was added, right? Then you had Tony Hills. Like, like you, you were building the depth consistently, and you saw those guys come in at different points and help this team win. And I think that's that, and that's what the Steelers have always done. They built through the draft, not free agency. Some teams go for the quick fix, but then you look at what that quick fix does, and it doesn't necessarily sustain success. How do you create a culture and a philosophy? Is you draft those guys, you groom those guys, and you breed those guys through your program. And I think that's how. It's always worked. So you want Chase Claypool to be a part of that. You want 
De- and, and we've seen Deontay Johnson's a part of that, right? Kenny Pickett is a part of that. Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, Dan Moore, Chooks for right? You, Kevin Dotson even. Uh, you're building guys through the draft and you're having them grow up alongside each other so that when they hit those crescendo points of maturity and time spent together, that it leads and breeds to success. And that's what you're hoping for. And I would, you know, and like I said, as long as Chase understands that it's not about the targets, it's about the production in those targets. That's where you build trust with your quarterback, right? If I throw you, if I throw you the ball nine times, I hope you catch at least, I put them in place that you can catch seven out of the nine, at least. But like you said, last week, seven for seven, right? right. Targets to receptions. I mean, it can be That's done. what hasn't been happening. You understand. Yeah, in the, right. It, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the previous five games, whatever it was. The, the fact yeah. is, it just was not coming to the numbers that he put together there. And uh, I don't know whether it was a, you know, something happened with the, the, the defensive coordinator and they weren't paying much attention. But by the time you get to, what, two or three third down conversions, which Chase was really big on, you got to know that this guy was 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 you know is, is got great viable. talent, but yeah, viable would be the thing, and more than viable, he was being targeted, and you would think that you know somebody it may do something, maybe double him, bringing some some guys on him, but he just kept producing, and I thought, you know, this is what I want to see. Hopefully, this is again that launching point for him to um, seek better of himself. Well, yeah, absolutely. You you want this to be a springboard and this to be a positive affirmation that when you do the right things, good things happen. Right. Right. I mean that that's all we're trying to breed. Um, you know, in this in this and breed confidence into guys, and also understand that hey, Buffalo was what Buffalo was that game. Right. Kenny Pickett threw it fifty one times. He targeted Deontay and Chase a whole heck of a lot, um, and they, they didn't necessarily come out with success. But I think with any new quarterback and any new receiver relationship, and Kenny talked about this right after Buffalo, like, mm-hmm. I got no reps. I got no rapport with the guys. I'm trying to steal reps on the sidelines with them. Right. Uh, ju- just to even get the motion of how my ball goes to them and how they would catch it. So I think the fact that we saw from week one to week two such a shift, um, and yes, you know, Mitch Trubisky came in for a quarter and a half and did some amazing things, but – now you can see the trend going towards, okay, we're starting to solidify. Because I thought a lot of things came together in that Tampa Bay game in unlikely scenarios. And you start, you saw a team playing off of each other and building each other up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's, that, that's the most affirming thing in this whole process is no matter how bad it has been, how it was is not how it's going to be. They're going to come together. They're going to figure out a plan. They're going to figure out what to do as a unit the more time they spend together. And that applies offense, defense, and special teams. The more you can get the blocking scheme set up for Steven Sims and the more that you're going to see him see him understand his guys and also understand what his line, what his route lines look like, right? Okay, I know, I know that if Derek Watts over here on this side of the kickoff return – if I send it a little bit further right before choosing the cutback, Derek's going to log this guy, right, mm-hmm. and create a funnel for me. Like you start thinking of all those little things uh, defensively, right? The guy's like, hey, if I'm in this gap, I know Cam can jump this gap if he needs to. Right. 
So let me just play and force flow back to him, not try and go make the play myself, right? Use the team philosophy versus the me philosophy in creating this. And, yes, there is a me in team, Wolf, but it comes after you, – you only find it through the midst of the team, you know, and I think that's how guys are starting to see it, and that's why we saw the result that we did. And we're going to need them to come together again like, like Thundercats and Voltron, right? Uh, for this task to go down into South Florida and take a victory from the Dolphins. Well, the thing about it is, when you start bringing up Thundercats and Voltron, I mean, yeah. I, I'm speechless. I mean, where do you go with that one? I mean, that's just... No, you know you know where you go? Where you go? You go right to break on that one. There so, you go. You know, boom. See, look, we use, we use TB up, I'm going to knock it out the park. Uh, you know, I, that, that's just what I do as, as your wingmate... In this whole process. You know when I realized I needed to play football? It was when I realized that I couldn't hit anything smaller than a person. That was the one one gift. That's all I had. That's all I had. Basketball, baseball, whatever, was not functional in it. Yeah, and there's no money in dodgeball, so I I figured that would probably (laughs) be the next closest thing you could do as far as uh, sport-wise and hitting humans. Um, But we're going to step aside – I do want to make sure I point out to all of our fans, you know, if you are a fan of SNR, you're a fan of our show or any of our other shows, you could find full episodes and even custom curated podcasts out there in the podcast universe. You can find Steelers Week in Review with, of course, Wesley Johnny Euler. Um, You could find The Standard with Tom and Jacob. Also, you can find Viper Senior Reporter. Uh, Wesley Euler with Arthur Motes on the Steeler Blitz. You can also find us. You can find The Godfather. You can find Bob Labriola and and, Tom, and and Mike Tomlin. You can find all of our SNR lineup of shows right there in the podcast world. We put them up there for you to enjoy. Some are on specific days. The rest of them come on a daily basis to you. So please go like, listen, subscribe on all your favorite platforms. I know, but the ones I'm going to point out, Steelers mobile app, because obviously that's our home, that's our family. And also the iHeartRadio family um, as well. And then wherever else you might catch your podcast, we're there. We're all over. We're global, Wolf. But when we come back, we're, we we're going to continue to venture down the path of going down to Miami, right? I mean, Absolutely. Devil went down to Georgia. Steelers going down to Miami. Uh, and when we come back, we'll talk more of that. You're in the locker room with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas here on SNR and ESPN Radio. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We love flow here, but at the end of the day, man, we're just desperate for a win. Um, you know, I think you know, everybody in this locker room is just more focused on just trying to get a W. We're not worried about farewells or, you know, homecomings or anything. Um, you know, we're, we're worried about just trying to get a W to... You know, push towards 500. And of course, no. that, oh, sorry, Max, but oh. I just—I didn't yeah, realize I you were bringing this one in. We got a little misconstrued there. I apologize, but that was Captain Cam. All right, so there, because you teed one up the other day and you said 
What do you call them all the time? I'm like going, oh, what, do they, what, do they, what do they call them? Oh, it's Captain Cam. All right. So I got Wolf it right. Wolf got lost in the bluegrass there. I did. I was yeah, kind of enjoying did. it. Did. Yeah. No, and, and, and you know what? And, and that was perfectly timed and well well thought out. I, I was thinking a little bluegrass. You know, I was feeling a little, <laughs> a little excited, you know. But it sounds like traveling music, you know. <laughs> you know Still, what? Hey. Steelers going down to Florida looking for a wind to steal. You know what I'm saying? That that type of mantra. Now, listen to this. This is growing up Wolfley, okay, back in the day. My dad, he watched two two shows were his favorite shows. One was, okay. and I, it was unbelievable, is Hee Haw. You know, with, with wow. Roy okay. Clark and I. Okay, so this was this is what you, you had going Saturday nights in the Wolfley household because oh. you got the Bunny Ears TV, right? So, so dad yep. takes over the TV and all we got was hee-haw, you know, hee-haw, you know, that sort yeah. of, and you're like, oh, this is yeah. terrible, you know? But here's the thing, most importantly, who was, of the three boys here, who was the actual rabbit ear operator? Because you always had to, if, if dad has to sit in the chair, right? one of the three kids has to go and adjust the rabbit ears to make sure you're not getting that little fuzzy line going up. Well, that down. was Ronnie because he was about that height. You know? Okay. He All could, right. he there could we go. hang on to the bunny ears and stand there and, and not be yeah. towering over it or, you know, being too short to reach up. So Dale was a little too short at that time. Okay. Now, the and, second. And you, were, and you were the senior statesman. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Well, I, I was the yeah. channel turner if dad, you know, if he needed the channel okay. to be turned. You know, because there was Got no it. remote back in the day. Right? No, you were the remote. That's yes. why you had kids back in the day. Was I, I need I need to have a remote so you 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 have a child. <laughs> well, not, exactly. Now the second half of that was on Sunday nights. My dad would play Lawrence Welk, and I mean, oh my god, are you kidding yeah. me? You go from hee haw. At least there was comedy in hee haw. There was no comedy in Lawrence Welk. There was just bubbles and people swishing and swooshing about on the stage yeah. as they danced hey, the variety show the lawrence welk show absolutely i mean it was variety hour you wanted to get a little taste of everything right so no i didn't i didn't want any of that <laughs> but you got it anyways and once again it wasn't up to you because you were the channel changer that's, that's that was true. your job so you just dealt with whatever came on you know obviously our kids today will never know the strifes of of growing up in a household where there's only one family television. Tele remember, television turned off at a certain hour, right? <laughs> you, you, you get the American flag, you get taps playing, and then it was like TV just shut off. There was nothing going on after a certain hour. And now today kids can dial up you know, a show anywhere. They can cut out commercials. They don't even have to deal with the commercials and the jingles that went with, <laughs> with, with watching television. And, you know, they don't have to tune anything. They just have to tap in what they want, and it instantly appears. Um, you know, there was no there was no feeling like, you know, like I, like my biggest thing, like you talk about your dad, for me as a kid, like I used to enjoy Saturday morning cartoons, right? Right. That was my moment because, you know, you'd either have to rush home and you'd catch that one-hour slot right after school ended where you could catch some shows, or it was you had to get up in the morning – on Saturday morning and watch your shows. And then by 11, 1130, boom, it was now adult time for television. But kids will never understand that because they they literally have 24-hour channels that play nothing but 
the shows that they want, whether it's Disney or Nickelodeon or Boomerang or, you know, PBS Kids. I mean, they have all these specific channels catered towards them. And then you have all the on-demand stuff. I mean, could you imagine as a kid, Wolf, if you had on-demand shows that you could just watch? Mm. How crazy would it be? Also, we wouldn't have been outside playing because, you know, you also get kicked out of the house at a certain hour. That's true. And told not to come back in as right. well. So. Until the until the uh, the over the streetlights come on. Then you got to go home. Yeah. Yeah, then you got to go home. <laughs> and, 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 but, but while the streetlights are off and you're out, you could be anywhere in the entire town, neighborhood, city limits, and our parents did not care. <laughs> They're just like, just <laughs> show up with the streetlights. It's like, Mom, I was all the way over here, seven miles away. At the, how'd you get over there? Oh, well, well you're home. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of drifted with the neighborhood as things moved yeah. about. You know, that's like a little min, like a mini, like a mini bicycle gang. You know, I mean, it was just, <laughs> we would just roam the streets. I mean, it was like, you know, you see like newsies back in the day, like oh, yeah. all the kids yeah. out there. Yeah. It was like, you're just mob, you're just mobbing around town. And then you come back, you're like, okay, all right, man, we can continue this. But hey, the streetlight's about to come on. I got, I got a little bit of a ride to go. So I'll see, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow, Sunday. <laughs> you After church. You. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, let me let me just start off here. We got we got uh, before we go uh, further in the other stuff. I did not practice. I, I just this is a yes. big list, Max. All right, you got Stephen yep. Sims with a hammy, Larry Ogunjobi with a knee. All right, you got uh, those are two guys that did not practice. You got limited practice. Cam Sutton with a hammy, Akello Witherspoon with a hammy, Minka with a knee, Miles Jack ankle, Mason Cole foot ankle, James Daniels ankle, and Chris Wormley ankle they were all limited practice guys um any any of those worry you well uh the dmps always worry me yeah. right so steven sims and larry ogajobi you can argue both of those guys had significant roles in the win last week so those are the first two that right. pop up um you know i am happy that it's limited practice for some of the other guys right. i think when you think Mason Cole and James Daniels, especially right. like Mason was in the boot, you know, so it's no yeah. surprise there. And he also came out of the game and came back in. Um, James Daniels, obviously you want to monitor that. And that's also a veteran thing. You wonder if it's like, hey, just vet day, your ankle's feeling a little tender. Let's give it a day to heal up. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I am that secondary that was missing. Yeah. I do want to see the LP turn to FP to give me a little bit of solace since it is Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Jacecki and company. And, you know, and obviously coming back as Tua because I, I, the thing that pops in my mind when Tua is healthy and on his game, I think of the Ravens game. Mm. That second half of that Ravens game was everything. I would love for it to be more like the first half. Right. But the problem was is that you went to the locker room and came out and the second half happened in that game. Uh, so now, here's I the thing definitely that it, worry. Okay. Let me, let me just say, the, the, would it surprise you or did it surprise you if you know this? Because it shocked me that he's only got one yard rushing. Who? Tua. I, I did not even know. That is shocking. I'm glad you shared that with me because I had no clue that he only had one yard one rushing. Year, you know, I, I think it was in his last game, you know, before he got hurt and stuff like that. But, I mean, he – in other words, he's, not, he's this guy can throw the ball. You know, it's it's this is not um, Lamar Jackson uh, running as much as as he is a guy that's fully capable of slinging that rock around. Yeah, 
No, and I think he'll be less likely to run given the circumstances uh, right. that he's coming back under. But, wow, I would have thought he had more rushing yards. Just and So that just goes to show you, he, he moves to get guys open. He does not move to run. You know, he, we see him escaping and running wild in, in a lot of the highlights, but you're right. I mean, he's a guy that's going to stay back there and keep his eyes downfield. Yes. So – that's one that, you know, he's not Zach Wilson like we face with the Jets, right? Right. You have to think more Mac Jones when you're thinking about how you're going to defend him. It's you got to you got to bubble him up. You got to you got to wrap him up um, and, and put him put him in a vice grip um, because he like you said, he's not a threat to run. So if you do provide that pressure, you just have to make sure it's locked up so he doesn't find the window. Not that you need that much of a window when you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill because he's going to throw it up, but that means you need to be on your screws. The pass rush has to, has to hit home, and it has to, you have to be lane disciplined. I think that's that's what that's telling me. Well, there's no doubt about it. What it's amazing. I mean, I, I looked at it and I go, "Wow, he had a he had a one ten quarterback rating." You know, I yeah. what, and I, I got to make sure that I'm not misreading the. The stupid stats, because I, I do that all the time. You know, what I mean, it's like no, it's, it's it gets it gets like yeah, it's it it's all inherited. You know, what I mean, that, that's just the way it is. But you know, you look at it and you let it go, wow. You know, I thought because I thought maybe he, he probably ran more than than what's indicated, but he he you know he he can throw that ball like crazy. Well, and you, and you got the receivers to throw it right. I mean, yes, that's the other reason why they went out and got the guys that they did was to make sure that you had. Um, a bunch of options for him, and yeah, as you're as I'm looking at it, Wolf. I mean, yeah, his here's the thing: his average yards per attempt is at nine yards per attempt. Yeah, yes, that's pretty good. One fifteen for a thousand and thirty-five yards, eight touchdowns and three interceptions. So, yeah, that that's pretty crazy. Like you said, averaging right below one ten um, on the rating, and I think that's that's just crazy. Um, so I think you have to take advantage of getting pressure on him. Now he's only been sacked. Am I reading this right? He's only been sacked six times. Jeez. Yes, yes, six so, times. And, and that's what I got. Saw the, and so we saw two of those more vicious uh, sacks. Right. So this is a guy that does not get hit a lot. Even though last week we talk about Minnesota <laughs> put, putting a, a walloping on Teddy Bridgewater and knocking him eventually out of that game and bringing in Skylar Thompson. Uh, That's uh, It's unbelievable. The one guy, Greg yeah. Little, just had a uh, unbelievable day. I mean, he I, he yeah. gave up three sacks, half a dozen pressures, and, and well, no, maybe it's half a dozen hurries. And then, I don't know what the difference between a hurry and a pressure is. To me, you either sack him yeah. or you hit him. If you hit him to the ground, that's, you know, if it's just a pressure, the guy gets in your face as you're running up. Yeah. So what? You know, yeah, I yeah, I, f- I feel like yeah, you know, pressure and quarterback hits are the two that you well you sacks focus on, right? number one. Well, well, yes. Well, sacks number one. Yes, sacks yes. number one. Sacks are a given. Yeah. But we were talking about the other two. Right. It's like I don't want to hear about a hurry. That means he's he moved off his point. But a pressure yeah. means he had something in his face that distorted his view. And then of course a quarterback hit means the pressure hit home, but it wasn't a sack. Right. That there you go. He physically got hit uh, uh, on the play. So I, I think that's something that they, I think if you're the Steelers, no, do you want something bad to happen to Tua? No, but you realize if you're going to step out there on the, on the field, there's a possibility there's going to be contact. 
Yes. You know, that, that's just the nature. And you hold the ball every play on offense, I'm just saying, uh, unless it's a wildcat play, like you're going to touch the ball, so you have to understand the risk that you have every time you touch the ball. Um, but I think, yeah, you do have to go after Tua. You have to you have to get after him before he can get comfortable in a groove with those two uh, excellent receivers that he has down there, two guys that can absolutely fly. Um, I'm not even going to say run. These dudes yeah. can fly, and they are they are they are special at what they do. So you've got to make sure you're on your p's and q's because I think right now as it stands, what is it? Uh, Tyreek Hill is number two in the league. Um, it depends on which category. Yeah, in receptions, but he's like number one yeah. in, in in yardage. The guy's yeah, he's number one in yards. Yeah, eight reception. No, that's Waddle. Um, Tyreek Hill is. I got it here somewhere. Uh, he's got three receptions of at least forty yards and eleven of at least twenty yards. Wow, that's smoking. And by the way, I'm staring right yeah. at Tua's stats, and it says 2022 Dolphins. Four games played, four games started, four attempts at rushing for four yards or no what yeah, one. Yeah, one yard was the longest. That's amazing. I really thought, you know, you gotta be kidding me, but regardless, that's yeah. the point. Wow. So hey, that's the point. Well, you got those guys. So yeah, you're talking about eighty receptions between Waddle and Hill and over twelve hundred yards in production so far this year between the two. <laughs> that's that's scary. That's really that scary. Just... You want to talk about needing some ball control? It's going to be this Sunday night in in you know in in uh, Miami, making sure that you control the clock, time of possession, all the things that we're always talking about, and yet it, it you know it, it's magnified because of what's laying on the other sidelines. You know, if you give that ball up any time, you give that ball up to Tua in the offense, they can go yard on you. I mean, big time yard, and and do it. And not a lot of time off the clock. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's not, there's not a lot there um, <laughs> when you're talking about it. So you got to be, you got to be locked in. But I think that's going to be the key. But as great as they are in the air, here's where they're susceptible in the run game. This is a team that does not rush the ball especially effectively. Um, so when I'm thinking about that, I'm like, okay. So if you know it's more pass centric. You know, you got you just 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 eliminate the run. As soon as you can eliminate the run, eliminate the run, and then now you can deal with the passing a lot more. Because I think uh, last week uh, Raheem Mostert, 14 attempts for 49 yards, 3.5 average, longest 16. Um, Chase Edmond only touched the ball two times for three yards. Um, Ingold had one for two, and yeah, him too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fjodor, Fjodor here um, <laughs> had one attempt for no yards. So, I mean, this is not particular. This is a team that excels in the passing game. Now, I think when you're thinking about Mike McDaniel's, you're thinking about the offensive scheme. It's all predicated on Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and then Jacecki kind of squeezes in there. He's your red zone possession guy. He's your third down guy um, in the game, and and obviously last week. You know, not great against the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings, you know, poured on the pressure uh, on Teddy Bridgewater, forced him to throw two interceptions, um, sacked him uh, a number of times. Like you said, the Greg Little game kind of gives you that. But I thought also um, it was interesting. They tried to run some some fakes on special teams. Mm. 
to try and get the advantage. And I think that's something that we have to have our screws up on. Oh, yeah. Is that they ran, they ran what, the fake punt. They uh, they tried an onside kick and something else they tried. I'm trying to remember my game watching because I, I have college in my head, too, because I also have LSU Ole Miss. I don't know how um, you can have so much room for so much film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, trust me, trust me. And, and and still get my Oak Island in there, right? There you uh, go. No, which uh, we will be. <laughs> hey, we're talking about that when it comes back on in November, yes, my friend. That's that's right. That's right. I can't wait for it because yeah, you're right. The Beyond Oak Island stuff is just it's nauseating. No, oh, I'm like yeah. get back get back on the island. Start pushing get on dirt. the island. Okay, Let's guys. find some treasure, baby. Let's go. Exactly. So, but uh, but I think that that so that's something that as we dive deeper into it, you gotta be on your screws for it. And you've got to pay attention. But, Wolf, I want to make sure we do this. I want to make sure we step aside one last time before the final segment, before we take the bell lap. And I also want to let everybody know, if, you, if, if you're loving the show and you got to be on the go, <laughs> just make sure you just pop us on the podcast. You know, throw it, it's easy. It goes on your phone now, right, Wolf? I mean, you can, That's right. you can literally pop your earbuds in, and, and there we are. Even right I can there, do it. Right there in your ear lobules, you know? Lobules. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was okay. it was lobes. I was trying to make it like. Oh, okay, that works. Order. Anyways, yeah, but uh, but yeah, go subscribe to the shows, like it, listen to it, heck, or even talk to your best friend Alexa. Say, hey Alexa, I want you to play SNR on iHeartRadio. She'll do the rest. She'll tune you into our show or whatever's live in the moment. Or you can even get more specific if that's your heart's desire. But you know, go find us. We're all over the entire Twitter sphere. Podcast sphere. What, what's the other spheres? Like, Metasphere, metaverse, or something like that. We're hey, we're here for your ele- electronical acoustical pleasure. How about Thank that? You. I like it. Boom. All right. Well, we're stepping aside. We're in the locker room. Still continuing. Wolf Starks here on SNR and ESPN Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nope, he's got a protector back there. Third and 10 from the 44. He's back. He has time to throw it long down the field. That pass will be intercepted inside the 10. His second of the game. Minka Fitzpatrick, the former Dolphin. Oh, yeah, Sweet Billy and the Toons, right? He's talking about Minka. 37 months ago, Minka was a Dolphin. You know, he's a two-time All-American at Bama, 2017 Bednarik Award winner as a collegiate football player. He's recognized as the best defensive player in college football. He comes out 2019. He's got five interceptions, two returns for a TD, two fumble recoveries, one forced fumble, nine PDs. You know, Back in, when he first came over and he had all that happening, and, you know, it's the, the Minka moments. This guy, he's just been an amazing football player since he landed. And I thought, you know, the fact that he talks about early on, it was just like Mike gave him a lot of leeway in the back end. And, you know, offensive coordinators didn't have a book on him. I mean, they you know, they saw what he did in, in Miami and so forth, but he only had 18 
games with Miami, and then he comes to Pittsburgh and, and things just explode. And, you know, the fact is he's coming home. He lives in Miami. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta feel like this, this is going to be one of those games where somehow, some way, those superlative players such as Minka, they rise to another level when feeling, I don't know, I almost challenged. You know, it's like Cincinnati. You know, he starts off with a, a pick six to start the, the game off, Max, because of the fact he felt disrespected or so because he didn't get the all-pro uh, thing last year or didn't have quite the year that he had before. And so he felt kind of overlooked. And he, he's determined to reestablish himself in his position as one of the great safeties in the game today. And, you know, I can't say <laughs> he looks pretty good to me. Yeah, no, I mean, even with, you know, being a little bit set back with with, with a knee issue. Right. Um, Minka's still that dude. Yeah. And I think you went out and you made sure that you were giving him the proper support. I think that's why you go get a Miles Jack, right, so you can kind of keep him out of the box and let him roam a little bit freer. I think the acquisition of DeMonte Casey, the way it was playing out in camp, was that you were going to give Minka a whole lot more latitude to kind of be – the instinctual just kill shot player, um, whether it's taking the ball away from the air, whether it, whether it's coming down, batting down passes, playing up in the box and making some key plays. I think you wanted to give him that range and latitude because he's earned that and he deserves that. And that's what we kind of saw earlier this year. Now getting pieces back will be key, but there's no doubt that Minka Fitzpatrick is, is, is if not the best, one of the best safeties in this game. Um, over the last couple of years and getting him that support and just getting him healthy, I think is going to be a difference for our, for our team and our defense. Cause you, like you said, you saw what he did in week one and it was, it was tremendous. I mean, that entire defense, I mean, that is what we were hoping this defense was going to be. Um, but of course, you know, injuries always prevent a great plan from being fully executed, but a lot of young guys have risen up in those moments so just think when we get everybody back together, how good that's going to be for mm-hmm. all involved. Absolutely. Oh, whoa! What do we got, Max? That's the sound. Breaking news! Breaking Breaking news news from the SNR news desk. You asked, and you shall receive, ladies and gentlemen of Steelers Nation. The phone lines are back and operational. The Death Star (laughs) is fully functional. Beginning tomorrow. We will take your phone calls at 412-919-1316. One more time, that's 412-919-1316. I'm Wesley Euler at the SNR News Desk. Back to Yens. (laughs) Well, Max, I think that's a wrap for today. How can you go? There's no bigger news. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. No, no. The fact that the phone lines are back up and functioning, Steelers Nation, we will now hear your sounds. We will hear your voices. Mm-hmm. We will hear your, your, your queries, your complaints, your comments, your exuberance. We'll hear it all. And what a welcome thing. That, that, you know, that, that was the best way to end the show. It is. To it now really is. know that we're going to have them. And just, just for journalistic integrity, Wolf, I'm going to give that phone line one more time. Okay. If you want to call into the locker room, and talk with myself and Craig Wolfley. They are back up and functioning, Steeler Nation. The phone number is 412-919-1316. And that is tremendous. You know what? That's a wrap, Wolf. That's a wrap, buddy. 
Just call it. Hey, <laughs> if you missed any of our show, feel free to go download it on Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio, or podcast forms, or download any of our great shows that we have in the SNR lineup. But we now have phone lines. That is the most important news. So from this day forward, you will now have your voices heard, Steelers Nation. And we're here for all of it. Thank you again for another wonderful show, Wolf. And to Steelers Nation, have a great blessed day. Go make a difference out there in the world. Spread a smile. Spread the love of black and gold to everyone that you see. You've been in the locker room with Wolf and Starks. And, of course, senior reporter Wesley Viper Euler, who also goes by Wesley Johnny Euler, and a bunch of other <laughs> nicknames we're going to give him along the way. You are here in the locker room. Take care. Talk to you later. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.